This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact, handy carrying case, and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade. The other handle has the saw that comes with it. So, I use the saw to split the pelvis, and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out, right? So uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple, very easy, and the the knife is sharp. And uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Good boy! Come on, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Houndsman XP Podcast. Today's episode is something that's very special to me. I have gotten into purebred Salukis the last year, and multiple people in the Saluki community have told me, you need to interview Chris Mason. Luckily for me, Chris Mason now lives in Roswell, New Mexico, with my other good friend, Mr. David Heiss, and I met her by happenstance at Mr. Heiss's house, I went coursing with her one day, and she had me just cracking up. She's really funny. She's also super duper knowledgeable, and I had a really good time getting to know her. And this was actually well before I worked for Hounds on XP. And well, last time we went coursing together, this was a weekend ago, I said, Chris, I don't care if I had to twist your arm, I'm having you on the show. And she was happy to be on the show, which made me happy. <laughs> 
So I sat her down and brought her in for an interview, and I'm super glad I did. She is super knowledgeable in not just Salukis, but lots of breeds in general. She's been a judge. She's been uh, hunting all over the uh, Western United States. And now, luckily for me, she settled down in southeastern New Mexico. I get to see her amazing dogs, and I get to learn a lot from her and David and Justin and everybody else I spend a lot of time with and am fortunate enough to talk to. So, guys, before we get to the episode, I do want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Freedom Hunters. Guys, you've heard me talk about Freedom Hunters, but I'm happy to talk about them again. Listen. Freedom Hunters is an organization that gets wounded veterans and Gold Star family members back out in the field or to the field for the first time to experience everything that we know the outdoors has to offer. Houndsman XP has partnered with Freedom Hunters to help people that are interested in hunting animals that can be hunted with hounds to get out and experience it. But Freedom Hunters partners with all kinds of people. They uh, want to have a wide breadth of experiences for people that are interested in all facets of the outdoors and hunting. So if you want to host a Freedom Hunters event for yourself, check out freedomhunters.org. You can also message me, Chris, or Lauren, or you can get a hold of Anthony Pace. He's a good friend and he's always lurking around on the Hounds on XP podcast group on Facebook. You can message him. He'd be happy to get you on the right path to host your own Freedom Hunters event and help get wounded veterans and Gold Star family members out to the field. Their whole mission is to get wounded veterans from the field to the field. So without further ado, everybody, enjoy this conversation with me and my good friend, Chris Mason. Thanks. Well, anyway, um, tell, tell me about the dogs you were running today. The dogs I was running today? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> They're crossbreds, crossed up dogs. Um, actually, the only dog that I owned was Scoop, and um, <clears throat> he's a really good dog. He's been really good. David had two other dogs that I'm involved with, Copycat and uh, Ruby, and they're crossed up dogs. They're like Saluki, Greyhound, Coyote dogs, and we call them Pecos Valley Salukis. I saw that. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they're really good to run in Roswell. Very good. I would have never thought about putting coyote dog into a rabbit dog. I know. Honestly, but I wouldn't. No, me either. But they run really good. They really do. Like wh- why? <laughs> what was the st- what was the idea? Well, David is trying to um, breed a multi-purpose dog, a dog that you could be a coyote dog and run rabbits with both. That's the dream. Yes. And, and he has some, you know, like Charlie. He's really good. Yeah. On yeah. rabbits and um, <clears throat> these dogs we ran today were mainly just rabbit dogs, mm. but they're from coyote running parents. Yeah, Justin's dog, Smokey, is like, he is going to be a big dog. <laughs> right, right. That was a Saluki cross that I made. That was your idea, right? Right. Tell, right. Okay, everyone... We'll see, we'll see what happens, because they're young. They're only like 14 months old, which I, th- I think maybe you'll find out with this next Saluki you get that... Salukis are slow matures. They take a while to go. You can't give up on them till they're at least two years old. Um, and then they last a lot longer. That's what I... You could run them anywhere. That's exactly and they're what I really a, a nice, nice coursing dog. That's, that's exactly what I... Because 
Yeah, everyone's told me that. Everyone I re- that I really respect in the Suzuki community was like, give mm-hmm. them time, give them time. Time, So time. at just a shade under 12 months old doing that good, I'm like, ooh. Well, you yeah. got to, you know, put the brakes on a little bit. Yeah, like, I know. That many runs a day. Was... And he, his chest hasn't dropped yet either. Yeah. I, was... I, I noticed your other dog has kind of a shallow chest. Pronto? Pronto. Yeah. But the Saluki should get a little more um, depth to it. Uh, Pronto's sister, Calypso, has like a super deep chest and a skinny little waist. She looks yeah. just like a track dog. I mean, uh-huh. like, and she's always injured. Yeah. I mean, go yeah. figure. But yeah. um, I, I, was, I didn't want to run Strider that many times today. But I mean, it's just... Then don't run him for about a month. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's what I say. I was going to lay him yeah. out for at least two weeks. Yeah. I'm not turning him out on another rabbit. Yeah. But, I mean, and I, it's good to stress him like that. Because they develop a lot better under stress. They mm-hmm. really do. And a lot of people run their dogs a lot when they're young. But I don't like to do it. Those I don't, growth plates can get pounded. I like them to stress them once in a while. Run them, you know, a lot. You know, like three hairs. And then put them up for a while. And mm-hmm. then they start building muscle, bone. And you'll notice a difference in them if you feed them right. Yeah, and yeah, that's... Do you feed them... I feed a combination of, um, I feed the uh, Purina Pro Plan Performance and I mix mm-hmm. uh, thir- uh, 70 30 beef in it. Uh, so 70 meat, 30, 30% fat. Uh-huh. And lightly, not too much. It's yeah. a pretty rich blend. Yeah, good. But I like real meat. I think it makes a big difference. Right. And I like chicken. I feed my dogs four times a week, I feed them chicken quarters raw. Yeah. Raw. And they eat the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul and they feeds, do fine. Paul feeds chicken necks. And mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a really convenient way to feed meat. Sure, chicken necks are really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just, better because there's more apart. bone. Yeah. yeah, and you just, just... And chicken backs are the best. Oh, yeah, he did have some backs. In yeah, this if you could find backs, buy those. Where do you the get backs. those? Just from the store? Yeah, I can't find backs anymore. Yeah. You can't. You have to go, you know, really look for them. Yeah. That's what Paul does. He gets them in these huge yeah. like, bags. Right, and they sell them, you know, in New Mexico, I think, up around Berlin and stuff. I used to feed chicken backs like five years ago, but I can't find them anymore. So I feed chicken quarters. I buy them at Walmart. <laughs> Ten pound bags. Oh, hey. And really? You just yeah. feed them from behind the desk? Yeah. Oh. I just buy 10 bags. No, oh, yeah. I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, my, my dream is to like go on Craigslist and just be like, Someone's like, I got a goat and I don't want it anymore. And I was like, okay. And yeah. like, I'll come and get, and I want to take it to like a, a an industrial plant and just like throw it in the grinder. <laughs> right. Dead, dead. Right. You, know? <laughs> you say goat and take it home. And, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I have my. another pet. Yeah. So, no, no, no. That's my, yeah. my wife and I, we made a very, uh, we're very compromising individuals. Both of us are. And uh, our major compromise was, I said, no dogs allowed to sleep on the bed. None. Mm-hmm. And her compromise was no livestock. Oh, because oh. they would be a pet, and I'd have a Wilbur out back. Because mm-hmm. I love, I hunt for all my meat, mm-hmm. and it's so lean that I wanted to raise a lard hog to like mix fat sure. in. Mm-hmm. No, my wife yeah. was like, no, like right. that would be my baby, and then <laughs> right. like, yeah. I know it would be. So I, I, I want to try to find. Because what's annoying is like feeding the beef is kind of annoying. I mean, you got to like bring it out and scoop it out. And uh-huh. I, I want to switch over to like chicken necks. I saw Paul doing yeah, that. Yeah, chicken I was like, necks are good. It's so convenient. You, they're just little tiny things. Mm. I like turkey necks, but I used to feed turkey necks a lot. But then I got to have uh, 13 dogs and I can't <laughs> yeah. afford that. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. Like we, we just had an episode recently about like New Year's resolutions. And like one of the resolutions that... Uh, Chris was talking about was um, don't have more dogs than you can care for properly. Right, right, and to run, 
Yes. Yeah. Because we have right at the max now, you know, we have like, I have like three strings of dogs I could run. So that means I have to run (laughs) three times a week. Yeah, but you're so lucky because you can. Yeah, I I I couldn't even have multiple packs because I can only run on the weekends. Right, right. And so you guys are spoiled. I know, it's fun. fun. (laughs) I'm having a really fun time in my life right now. Yeah, I bet. Oh, man, maybe I should Of course, you're talking to me in the winter now and in the summer. (laughs) It's like wringing your hands and it's too hot here. It's too hot. I can't stand it. Every summer, all summer, I just check the weather. They're like every day. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. That's how and you here, know here we are in the middle of the best time of year. I know. So I know. we're going to run hairs. We to, just got to find them. <laughs> I'm coming back more. Yeah, okay. That was so awesome. Okay. It, it cost me $20 to make the round trip in my oh, car. Oh, yeah. I was wondering why you guys didn't come down here. Yeah. He's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And so, but I'm a, I'm a total coursing addict. And so it's just completely taken over my life. I love yeah. it. It's yeah. so fun. When we. What always blows me away, and, and growing up in a place, so like a true to consequences is kind of like that high desert, mm-hmm. like transition zone. Mm-hmm. What blew me away is how a prairie rabbit holds. A brush country rabbit will get up and run away from you, like pretty far away. And, and a prairie rabbit, they just lock you to the ground. You saw those rabbits today. And I've seen them, to, and especially yeah. at nut, because the, there's so much grass and mm-hmm. only grass at nut. That they'll hold like a pancake, mm-hmm. but today mm-hmm. was truly an exception. Yes, and they're that's their main defense is yeah. not to run on the prairie. They're, not to run. Yeah, they're so vulnerable on the prairie. In yes. the brush country, they're strong. Mm-hmm. Right. But on that, so we came up on a rabbit today, and Justin pulled up next to it, and it was probably ten inches from the wheel, mm-hmm. and we just stood there and looked at it for like yeah, uh, they don't two move. minutes. It was just, no. you could just see its little eyes looking yeah. right at us. Did you it, get out and walk I to did. So it? Did I, it tip off? Take oh, up? yeah. So, yeah. But I was probably six inches away yeah. from Yeah. And so, like, I got the dogs out. Because I, I told Justin, I was like, you know what? Let's just run him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dogs had just had run a rabbit maybe, like, I don't know, 20 minutes earlier. So I knew we were going to get smoked. But it was good. The puppies need to see a turnout. Come out. Yeah. Come up. Yep. Yeah. And so Sunshine still has never seen a rabbit just, like, come up. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And so I just walk, got out of the rig. Walked over, opened the gate, got my dogs out, and they heal real good. So I was like, heal, heal, heal. They walked around the rig, and that rabbit got up like six inches in front of Bronto. Yeah. And off yeah. they go. And Justin slams the door, and the pups see it, and they go. You uh-huh. know? Yeah, that's the best thing. Oh, it was so fun. So Yeah, today was kind of like a miracle day. I know. With all the rabbits and, and the good time we had. But You search... Yeah. You search yeah. <laughs> days to find a rabbit where we are, and then how, we find one in like five minutes. <laughs> right. I know, you just walk right up to it. Justin drove and was like, there's a rabbit right there. And I was right. like, what? And he's like, yeah. no, there's a rabbit right, right. there. And I was, he was like, trying. what? That was awesome. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you got started in Salukis, right? Oh, yeah. I was in Salukis for 45 years, 50 years. Yeah. How'd you get started? In Salukis? Yeah. Oh, I had a friend. Her name was Myrna Kuntz. And she said, uh, why don't you go to a, this hunt with me? And I did, and I just was hooked like that. And I said, Bernard, we got to go some Salukis for me. And I had Salukis at my house within a month. Where did you find them? Um, um, Her? George, Swin- George Bell and, and Sally helped find two Salukis, puppies, young dogs, Bear and Sean, and I coursed them in, in Nofka for a number of years. And then I just kept getting more and more. And then I started breeding dogs. And, you know, I breed a litter for myself and then sell the rest of them or place them or whatever I could do. 
And um, that went on and on, and I just couldn't, you know, I had to stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. So I kept the ones that I had and, and you know, raised them until they were older, old and they died off, and, and then I got into Galgos. Okay, I want to elaborate on that, too. Like, okay. Okay, how and why? Yeah, how? that was like... <laughs> How I had another friend, Steve Garth, who had a Galgo who moved to New Mexico, and he was, you know, lived close to me, and we'd go coursing all the time, and I'd get beat by this Galgo. Okay, wait, what is a Galgo? Explain a, a Galgo. Galgo is, is all it is is a Spanish greyhound. It's a greyhound. It's probably the first greyhound that was ever created because they're iberian the english they're, yeah, yeah the english greyhound came from the galgo the galgo came from the celtic hounds mm -hmm. the romans brought it in then they call uh, it vertragus the romans yes, did uh -huh. yeah and that's where the galgo came from of course it's over the centuries it's been added different breeds to mm. it and you know there was a lot of greyhound um english greyhound put into it probably in the last 20 30 years and now they're trying to get the galgo more Authentic Galgos um, in competition. There's a dog show before that the dogs are critiqued by and a like judge. A show. Yep, yeah. and yep. they have to be um, have Galgo characteristics, breed characteristics. What, what makes a Galgo different than an English Greyhound? Like, what what would characteristic would that? Like, what are those? Okay, I don't know honestly. Okay, I have no idea. Okay, they're a lot deeper chested. They're forward set in the front. They don't have the deep muscle that, that the English greyhound do, and they're bred more for endurance. They're actually a breed that I've determined, this is just all from my running experience, they're right between an English greyhound and a Saluki, Galgo. You have the, the English greyhound, a Galgo, maybe a Whippet in there, and then the Saluki. And hmm. they have a lot of Saluki characteristics. I think it's probably um, a Salugi, Salugi, the Mongolian Saluki. And I think it's probably um, another breed hmm. yeah. shown in there. Why aren't they more popular here? I don't know. I have no idea. But there's all these rescue galgos. Everybody asks me, do you have rescue galgos? No, I mean, I'm our That's what <laughs> registered, <laughs> FCI registered. Uh, AKC does not re recognize the breed. Um, yeah, so that's what I was, yeah. Was the AKC, no, they're not, you know, the FCI registered. Um, I don't know why there's more gal galgos here. I don't know why people don't course them more because they're a wonderful coursing dog, especially for California. They're a little bit too fragile to run here in Roswell, in Southern New Mexico. Um, you know, they, they're just not like the cross-bred, crossed-up dogs as far as um, not getting injured. The Galgo does have a lot of endurance, the bred to hunt off of horseback. So, yeah, I see that in those like Spanish videos. Yes, a lot of them galloping yeah. after them. We just replaced our horses with Polaris's. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So, so you, you started Salukis 40 years ago, and now you're running long dogs. What happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. What happened? Did David happen? You know, I've always <laughs> been interested in long dogs or, you know, crossed up dogs. I've always have. 
because I know they were, my thing is running the best dogs for rabbits, catching rabbits. Yeah. That's same. always what I'm trying to do. Me too. Always. And even in, you know, all the years in Saluki, I was trying to breed this super Saluki that could, you know, super Saluki litter that could all catch jackrabbits, California jackrabbits, which is different than, you know, New Mexico jackrabbits. So it was nothing for me to go into crossbred dogs and um, trying to breed a dog, you know, like a, a group of dogs that can catch a jackrabbit consistently. Yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. And having, I like it. Having a lot of fun. <laughs> I like it. Not necessarily long dogs. I don't have any long dogs. What I have now is, oh, a greyhound coyote dog cross or a saluki coyote dog, depending on what, what the coyote dog has. Um, we call them Pecos Valley Salukis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're a, they're just a they're a, exactly what Chris all, Mason wants. All-purpose yeah. dogs. Yeah, they're awesome. all-purpose, and they have to have a really winning disposition, which Scoop doesn't. But why not? He's just a, sh- a spook, or you mean a disposition on game or on people or around people? Oh, on people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem with game at all. Yeah, no. And no clearly. problem with me. He just, he do- minds me and does everything, but he's a little shy around strangers. Yeah. What's the difference between a New Mexico rabbit and a California rabbit? Oh, there's a lot of difference between. Now you're them. treading into some serious <laughs> waters right yeah, now. <laughs> there is a lot of difference. You look at the California jackrabbit, and it looks like a thoroughbred. Really sleek, small head, slender body, beautifully manicured um, fur, you know, just a really nice framed face. You look at the um, New Mexico jackrabbit <laughs> around here, they have a great big head, yes. a rodent mouth, you know, they look like rodents a lot. They're big and they're, they're not sleek at all. They are huge. Coarse-looking hair lots of times. It's like the thoroughbred and the the quarter horse. Oh, I was going to say donkey. Yeah, no, <laughs> not a donkey because they, they, they are boogie. really good. They are. So do you think that, like, they, because everyone thinks they have the best hairs. Everyone. And uh-huh. you, I noticed very, you did not say whose was better. You were just explaining the difference. Yeah. But all the West Texas guys will be like, oh, we have the best rabbits because they're well-fed. And all the New Mexico yeah, people. Those are, yeah, they they run on farmland. That's different running. You know, yeah. That's California running on, on you know, manicured fields. Yeah. You know, farm never, fields. I still have never set foot on a manicured field. Not because I don't want to, just yeah. because I don't have them. Yeah, you go to California and you, you find them. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have um, the rabbit runs different too. There is a certain pride I feel to catching them on like wild prairie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, like real wild prairie. Yeah, and I, I mean do. they're they're kicking up way more because they're artificially uh, subsidized. Their populations are right. So there's so many, but there is a. I do even though we have to search much harder, mm-hmm. much longer, mm-hmm. and the ground is terrible compared to a farm field. I mean, right. there is some kind of. I guess pride is the only word to describe right, it. Right, to catch one of to those. And you're one. trying to, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. hard. I mean, they use yeah. the train. In those pictures I took today, you yeah. can see the rabbit edging through a mosquito. Yeah, You know right. what I mean? And it's just right. like, they can't do that on an alfalfa field. No. They have well, nowhere. Well, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of rabbits in the alfalfa fields anymore because of the chemicals that they use on the alfalfa. Really? I think that they probably um, were using something that made the rabbits sterile. It took like four, three, four years before the rabbits were out of the alfalfa. And it was 
because they weren't able to breathe. You know, I've heard, I've heard that. <clears throat> well, I saw it myself. A friend we used to always course on the alfalfa fields, and that was the best coursing in the world. I bet. Yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not with Salukis, but no, it was wonderful with Salukis, but that was Greyhound and Whippet coursing yeah, and in that's, the alfalfa. When yeah. I, I bought Pronto and Calypso from a, a good friend of mine. He's actually been on the show, Dean Bohannon, mm-hmm. and uh, he, um, he breeds real high-powered old-school speed. Because mm-hmm. they're running on, you know, a lot different country. Mm-hmm. And although uh, Pronto has held up really well for his breeding out here, uh, his sister, not as much. But um, I'm moving to Saluki's because, you know, you'll, you'll come across a good hard race out here. And Pronto's feet will come back, you know, bloody. And the mm-hmm. Saluki's feet are perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what, what's the difference between these two feet? What is the difference between those two feet? There's a lot of difference. There's a, hair, a lot of hair on the Saluki feet. Mm-hmm. The toes, they're usually bigger. Yeah. Man, they got a lot of hair. huge. Yeah. yeah. And the toes are usually shorter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because Pronto has like really heavy, gnar- like really heavy Well, that's arc. actually, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then and Strider Strider has his feet are like just more cushioned. They look almost yeah. like they're overinflated doll toes. Right, <laughs> I know, like they have... Uh, Sandals on him or something. Yeah, like moccasins. The, you know, yeah. he he ran through like a lava field and his feet were good. Yeah, he he cracked a nail. And he's light though. Yeah, he's real yeah. light. But that's the best running Salukis I've seen so far have been like real light, almost right. like meek. Looking. Right. Like, and I'm like, right. you look like a bag of bones and you're hauling butt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. and I'm used to because really, smaller dogs. I'm just yeah. So mm-hmm. two litter mates. One is big and powerful like mouse, and the other one is just this meek little. And he caught all the rabbits. Mm. And he, he runs so good. Yeah. And he just looks like a little bone bag. You yeah. Know what I mean, but he is, mm-hmm. I mean, he's beautiful. He has beautiful hair. He's healthy, but mm-hmm. he's just thin and light. Right. And you can't the, get any weight on him. Yeah. But he, he runs incredible. Mm-hmm. And he's caught all of the rabbits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's always up front. Got a good mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. He caught one of the front flip. It oh. was so awesome. He, yeah. Like, they turned, so they're chasing the hare, and I actually got on video, I want to show you. So um, they're, they're chasing the hare at the end, and, and uh, they, the, the, one of the dogs just turned it, and then he put it right in front of him, and he just screamed up on it in the last, like, it was like three minutes and 20-something seconds. And he screams up on it and just, and then flips with it in his mouth. And the, you can see the hare and the dog just tumbling yeah. in. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I know, that's neat. <laughs> yeah. That's neat when a dog does that. I yeah. always used to try to get a dog that does it. Especially when I was coursing in Nofka, because that gave you a lot of points. Really? Judges like that type when, of kill. Uh, yeah. So you try well, to get a, get a dog. Yeah. 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 Spectacular. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Everyone was like, Salukis have no mouth. That's what I've heard when I first started a lot of the long dog folks. They'd be like, Salukis have no mouth. Everyone I've seen will pick right. a rabbit. Right, have good mouths. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I've yeah. seen will scoop a rabbit right up. I think it's more like a greyhound doesn't have a good mouth. because They're always running past it and back and past it and back, and that goes on forever. <clears throat> Them turning rabbit, never catching it. Yeah. And when I'm judging, I count down on that. So you were enough to judge? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I have been the last five years. Uh, I never was a judge when I was running. What is Nafka? Nafka National Open Field Coursing Association. It's an all-breed club um, that its headquarters or whatever it is in California, but they get they put on hunts in New Mexico, Nevada, and they have in Wyoming. Interesting. And it's for registered dogs only. Okay. And you know there's a bunch of registered dogs that that can run in Nafka. They have mixed hunts, all breed hunts, and then they have a breed hunts where only your breed can run. Got it. And you're in competition with your 
your uh, breed. The thing with running in Nafka, you're running against the other dogs. That's the competition. When you're out here running like I am now, the competition is the hare. You're trying to catch the hare. You can care less about the other dogs. You know, you want, so you're not looking at, at things. I like it. I like a good team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's different. And nothing against Nafka. I've never done it. So I I'm not I have no skin in the game. I'm just saying like to me it's I'm a pleasure hunter and I always have been. Yeah. Club stuff to me just hasn't seemed maybe one day when I want to move on or try mm -hmm. something new. I'm very open minded. Uh huh. But man, I just love doing today what we did today. Yeah. Well, you should try Nafka sometime. I, I should. Yeah. And I want to for Strider because he can. Yeah. You know, Pronto and and Clipso are mongrels. They. <laughs> yeah right. They're, they're low All they are is mongrels. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that in Nafka too. So those are just mongrels. Yeah, I don't know. My mongrel caught that rabbit today. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, and then the mongrels run a lot better than registered dogs. That's some oh, crossed-up dogs have the registered dogs beat. You know, the majority of the time. Those are big words. That's well, I've done it. I'm seeing it myself. There's you know? a lot of coonhound people listening to this going. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a world that I am. Uh, I'm just getting into the scent hound community. Yes. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I, there's just, there's not a lot of scent hound hunting except raccoons on the pecan orchards near my home. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? But, sure. Oh uh, man, once I, once I saw a race, you know, I was pretty much done. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Once yeah. I saw, a, once I saw Justin's hounds blast after a rabbit, I was yeah. like, and the buggy, the buggy. Yeah. So you, yeah, you the walked. For, dune buggy. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now is dune buggy coursing. You know, and I still walk. I, I love to just walk in the desert, you know, or the fields or whatever. Until a rabbit gets up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I like to, I like dogs free coursing. Me too. I don't like to slip dogs, but I will. But, um, so you got to train your dogs to stay in. That's, with Salukis, that's a real challenge. Yeah, <laughs> and I use the shot collar, but you can't really start out with a shot collar. No. You really have to know how to use it. You have oh, to yeah, be careful. Definitely, definitely. Especially with a Saluki. Yeah, check out our episode yeah. with Jared Moss. He explains how to use one properly yeah. to the listeners. But right. hey, that's the thing. I, I always started off with, um, I, I feel like to keep pups close, the best way is to have dogs that are adults that stay close. Yeah. Pronto. Right, right. Yeah. You, you hunt them with a dog that stays close. Because yeah. they will be out there with the dog, the farthest one out. Exactly. They always will. Oh, I know. You always will. If you have one that hunts out far, that's where your pups Which, will be. I hate that. I do too. Oh, yeah. I hate so that. you have to be careful who you take him out with. Yeah. So Pronto, he is like literally Velcro to my hip. Like mm -hmm. we were joking around. Yeah. If I had like a Parkinson shuffle, he, uh -huh. he'll literally like walk. He'll just yeah. like take three steps and stop. And yeah. then like stop. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. Calypso, she's like a neutron. I'm yeah. running everywhere. And I and of course Strider will follow her. Yes. If she's out there. Right. But if Pronto and just him and Pronto, he's just right there walking along. Yeah, I noticed that a Greyhound is more like that than a Saluki. To follow you? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and you don't have any trouble with the Greyhound. They'll be right by your side. That hair gets up, they're gone. The, that, so so you do think there is it's not just like a kind of a urban legend or something you do think there is a difference in personality between saluki and greyhound oh yeah, yeah. big time what big time okay a, a greyhound is a lot more biddable um mm. he likes a lot of praise he'll stay with you um he's more friendly to all sorts of people he's just the easier dog to have around handle take coursing etc 
a saluki <laughs> is like a one person this is just a generalization yeah yeah one person dog um they're bred to hunt more casting out and they'll they'll go out and cast you know and won't come when you call them they oh. don't have very very good um you know manageable skills that way they're I've just very that. independent um I tell Strider, come, and he's like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> and then I I'm will. like, uh, how about with a shot caller? I'm like, how about you come? <laughs> they got to understand yes. that that's what you want them to do. Yeah. And that takes a while with the Saluki oh. to even understand that. Yes, and yeah. that's what blew me away. You know, it's like I raised I raised like bird dogs growing up. Mm -hmm. They're so easy to train and so smart. Yes. And I, it took Strider. He knew what the command meant, but I swear he was just like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. He's like, completely ignore me. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't want to do that. You know right. what I mean? And for like, he was very stubborn for the first like five months. Oh, yeah. And they then, go through a real bad stage when they're a year yes. old. Yes. I mean, yeah. goodness, I'd turn the collar up. Mm -hmm. He's going towards a road, and I'd just be lighting him up, and he's mm -hmm. chasing a bird or yeah. something stupid. And I'd just light him up, and finally he was just like, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm coming. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate yeah. him for it. Yeah. yeah. And he's real friendly. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's like a golden retriever limousine. You know, he's all yeah. just like. Good. Yeah, he's, yeah. Paul did a good job. They, they raised that litter, and, and they're really nice. Mm -hmm. And good. So I'm really excited. He he's um, He's turning on really well. Yes, he is. He's very nice. Tell me, about, tell me about Copycat. Copycat is... she's beautiful. I just want to hear more about her, honestly. <laughs> Copycat is a, a dog that we bred, and, and um, <clears throat> she's out of Cat and Charlie, two coyote dogs <laughs> who run, ran rabbit real yeah, good. Yeah, Charlie can yeah. do it all. Yes. He's amazing. He is. We've bred him a few times, and he's really has some good, good pups on the ground. Copycat was the scrawny runt of the litter, um... She looked like a Saluki, you know, she was very thin and had the floppy ears. She got parvo when she was a baby. Um, she was like sick for two weeks. She didn't eat anything, but she kept drinking water. Uh. She'd drink water, drink water, and drink water. So I think her litter mate, we lost like three pups, and mm. she just continued to live, you know. So she got over the parvo, and... Um, I started bringing her in the house to feed her and try to get some weight on her. And she became kind of a pet and stuff. And then David decided he wanted her and he took her for his dog and put her out in the kennel out there. And she just grew and grew and turned into this muscle bound. I kept saying, David, you're feeding her too much. Don't feed her so much. She is so yeah. just and she. Jacked. Yeah. Turned out really good, real fast. Loves to run rabbits. Really nice, biddable dog, just easy to handle. She's and, so beautiful. Yeah. She's so, seriously one of the most beautiful gyps I've seen. Yeah. She's she amazing. Yeah. And then you don't, so so when was the last dog you walked up to and you were just like, wow, it has what I love? What, what oh, that? yeah, that what, happens a lot. What was the last dog for you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Copycat was, but, you know, there's a lot of dogs I love. You know, there are. Dakota 283 offers you unparalleled protection for your hounds. We're talking about military-grade kennel crates. Uh, I got, got one of these two-door kennel crates here at the house. It is super heavy-duty. It's got slap latches on it that are stainless steel. 
easily fits in the back of an SUV or if you're traveling with a camper shell, it's a great way to keep your dog protected while you are traveling. You just gotta check out their Dash Series. This is a watering system and I've used a lot of these portable waterers over the years, but this system is all integrated into one unit and the way it's designed out of high impact plastic, the water stays in the tank when you're not using it because you can put a plug in it. Check them out. Uh, the 3.5 is also compact enough that I can store it behind the seat of my pickup truck while I'm out hunting when it's super cold. I've had exterior tanks before and as soon as I go to cold climates, then I've got to figure out how I'm going to get water to my hounds and the dash takes care of that. So check out Dakota 283 at dakota283.com and at checkout, enter the code HXP10 and get 10% off of your order. So yeah. if you're breeding a Saluki to excel here in New Mexico, what are you breeding for? I'm breeding for temperaments number one. Yeah, yeah I don't hear that a lot, and I yeah. like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, temperaments number one. When you say temperament, what are you looking for in a good temperament? Okay, I'm looking for a dog that is easy to catch, is friendly to people, is happy, outgoing, sh you know, sure of themselves, very, very sure of themselves. It's very important. And there's a lot of Salukis that aren't uh, very outgoing. And, and they're not very sure of themselves. There are a lot of them, but that's really important. Like even on a rabbit? They're just... No, of... no, I mean to people, not okay, on yeah, a rabbit. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. talking about just general, okay, you know, okay. every day. So we try to breed that, you know. Gotcha. And that's what I'm looking for. And as far as, you know, I have to have a proven Saluki, a Saluki that can catch jackrabbits, run, you know, desert jacks, mm -hmm. does a good job, you know, before. That's really important. Yeah. I'll breed to a line that I know that's good, you know, that's proven. Everyone but, talks about feet. Feet? Oh, yeah, feet are really important. I mean, I've learned that the hard way. Feet yeah, are feet important. are really important. What's, what's a good foot? A good foot is, is one with short toes. Um, you know, wide, short toes, but tight toes, and um, that's about it. You know, yeah. I mean, they can be smooth. They don't have to have a lot of a lot of um, feathering on them, but they have nice thick pads. Um, that's what I mean. And I like a, a dog that moves lightly, mm -hmm. light on their feet, yeah. not real heavy. They have a really high yeah, trot right, to them. Yeah. Right, moves lightly. They move so efficiently. Mm -hmm. That's something I've really noticed about sighthounds in general. Obviously, they're bred to locomote, <laughs> you know what I mean? But Of is. course, I like a dog that's straight in the rear. That's a biggie for me. So, so you mean like its top line is straight? No, straight. The back legs are straight. They mm. don't have the big curvature mm. to the back legs. They're more straight. A moderately angulated dog will be good. In the hip? No, I'm talking about the back legs. Oh, back legs, okay. Yeah, okay. moderately angulated. You see so many Salukis that over, are over-angulated for running. You'll see an over-angulated dog run good once in a while. But you see a dog that's straighter in the rear. You know, they have straight. Mm -hmm. They run really good. Your dog's a little straight in the rear. Doesn't have a lot of angle to it. He, he, he would be moderately angulated. He, he's not real, real straight. He's still young. You think maybe yeah. he'll grow right. differently. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. And I always, and when I was breeding Salukis, I bred for dogs that were straight in the rear. You know... Forward set too. Oh, okay. The so front assembly, the front shoulders, forward set on the rib cage. 
Of course, that's what the galgo, the galgo is forward set. Meaning they just carry more weight up no, front? No, their, their whole front assembly is placed more, front or on, more forward on the rib cage. Oh. In other words, they don't have a lot of return. They have a, enough return of up, upper arm. But you see a lot of show dogs that are real. They're, like, yeah, yeah, they have the, the return of the upper arm. You know, they have their way laid back. Oh, okay. I like the front to be straighter and forward set. A lot of breeds have been altered, I'm going to say that in a PC way, by the show ring. What yeah. is the difference between a show Saluki and a good hunting bred Saluki? <laughs> are, are we treading into dangerous water? We are. Okay, we'll back well, out. I mean, we'll get I'll out say school. something now that the... You know, there is a, a dog that won the um, National um, Saluki Show um, last year, um, a dog that Fiona Bennett bred out of her dog Hammer. The dog's name is Sky. It won the whole shebang, and it's out coursing and winning. Very good dog, but it's a real moderate dog. Mm-hmm. It's That's not that, really extreme. The Real show ring makes everything extreme. And so yes. that's what I'm saying. What, what is an extreme Saluki, I suppose, is what I mean. But, like, that's, again, uh, I don't want to bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, no. I mean, okay. Just, fair, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I, and, uh-huh. and that works for me. Yeah, least, it doesn't matter. Sight, sight hounds do seem, luckily, since they're not super popular, honestly, uh-huh. you do find good show dogs that can run a rabbit. Yes, for you do. Sure, for sure. Yes, and they're all, like you're a, always looking for that. Yeah. You're always looking for that. And every once in a while, you'll find one. But yeah, yeah. generally, they don't look like it could run a rabbit. Maybe they can't. You can't look at a dog and tell if it yeah. can run a rabbit. That's the big fallacy by looking at a dog and saying, I mean, uh-huh. what's inside of do- a dog? What you can't see is more important than what you can see so for coursing, for running dogs. What's inside of them? What's their, you know, but their reflexes, of- their desire? Yeah. Um, all that, you know, so you can't look at a dog until I, I you know, I, I almost want to just double back myself. Mouse has a ton of show dog in his lineage. Sure, and he's incredible. Yes, he so is. So look at that go. Right, yeah. and that's the exception. But you right. know, you will find that dog. Yeah, you yeah. will. You, you will. know, um, I, that that is one cool thing I think is neat about sight hounds is that they're like a saluki is really a, a land race um, they're so diverse mm-hmm. i mean you got some that are huge powerful like t- kazakh dogs and right. then you have these arabian peninsula dogs that are just these little spindly bone bags that can yep. fly over the desert for five minutes straight right so I, they are really a neat dog i'm, I'm loving I, I like to bounce around in the communities of people mm-hmm. and the saluki community mm-hmm. is like a whole different like amoeba of people right. than like the long dog right folks. and that's the way it should be i mean you know everybody they're all enjoying their dogs yeah doing what they want to do with the dog yeah and that's cool that's that's what it should be yeah and I you get you have more. a different dog you know yeah. and different that's the i mean the whole point of this the show we represent everyone i mean there's people out here that are catching sewer rats in new york you yeah know what i mean and I, that sounds awesome i mean yeah. just enjoying your dogs and, and right I agree that's that is what it's right. all about right. i had a half english pointer half half bird dog chasing rabbits at night with a spotlight uh-huh. i didn't know any better uh-huh. i didn't even know this whole apparatus existed uh-huh. i thought this i was resurrecting some ancient sport yeah and i thought i was just the coolest dude ever <laughs> right. and i really enjoyed my half bird dog half pit bull yeah. And yeah. now I realize that she's running with like seven anchors attached to her compared <laughs> to these dogs. 
Oh, uh, so, some of the bird dogs run well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, not not you know like a sighthound. How, how many how many times, Chris? Because this I've only been coursing for three years. Mm-hmm. How many times has this happened to you? You get excited after a good race. You are still high on that race. You go down to the bar or whatever, and you're talking to some people, and they go. What do you do? And you're like, well, I just ran a rabbit. It's fun. Right. They're like, my German Shepherd catches yeah, rabbits. Right. right. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Do I don't it? know. It's a, <laughs> I, just, I just, you know, I'm amazed. That, you know? that happens to me. and I, Yeah, I, they don't get, they don't, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, I just think it's so funny. Like, a lot of, I always ask that to people that love to talk about it. You know, because I was just at a house party and my buddy said his Kelpie caught two jackrabbits in one day in the open field. And, uh-huh. and the third one, he just ran up next to it, but decided not to catch it. Yeah. And, and my wife, of all people, my wife, she's like, my eyes hurt from rolling through my head. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, you got to be nice just because I want to be nice, you know. Yeah. But it's just like, you're like, okay. Because yeah, I'm running these like weird looking mutated dogs right. for, just for nothing, yeah. you know. like uh, Kelpies can be fast, though. I mean, sure. Yeah, but, they can. They're little tiny Kelpie dogs. I mean... I have a I have a pretty um, and this is no disrespect to the Kelpie people, yeah. but I I, uh, I would have a pretty comfortable feeling betting a majority of my savings account on that rabbit if you dumped yeah. a bunch of dogs right. out after that right. rabbit out here for sure. So so when you're when you get on a rabbit, and you have a, a a team, if you had to build a dream team of three dogs to catch a good desert hare. What would you What would you build? Well, I'd, it'd be crossed up dogs. Yeah, but like yeah. You, you want? Do you want like one dog? That maybe no, has good I speed don't. Or? I don't. I wanted um, <clears throat> three dogs who could catch rabbits. Any three of them could catch a rabbit. Okay. Yeah. I don't like to do that. I don't like to put a greyhound type with a media uh, fat, uh, distance dog and then one that runs in the middle. I hate that. Okay. I hate I that. Why? 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 Because that's not fair to the jackrabbit. Oh. Yeah, that's not fair to the jackrabbit. Okay. I want, you know, I want. Because I've had like amazing success doing that. Right, I know you can. Oh, you can catch them all the time doing that. But I'm gonna, if I'm gonna run three dogs, I'm gonna run three strength dogs. Oh. And I, or I'm gonna run three fair, you know, fair dogs. You I know, and then there's slowers looking, yeah. you know. But really, I, I would rather run crossbred dogs because yeah. you could put all that together and get a good good team. So you believe that a crossbred dog can be excellent speed and excellent endurance? Yes. You think that's, that, yes. Okay. Yeah. That, yes. That's what you're trying to do when you breed crossbred dogs to get jackrabbits. And I don't like to do the speed and mm. the endurance dog running together. I hate that because the <laughs> rabbit doesn't have a chance. I mean, I agree. I, agree. I don't think it's fair. Me and Justin... Our first year, we turned out two powerful early speed, Pronto and Ali, and we had two Salukis. We caught 90% of our heads. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're right. And of course, that was my first season. Sure. So I was just like, oh, and you get so high on your dogs. And well, I, old David out there told me a pretty funny thing. He's like, right when you were about to get real high on your dogs, you're set. You're setting yourself up to get humbled. Right. And oh, <laughs> you get outrun and you just feel like you're just searching for excuses. What right. happened? What happened? Right, right, and right. I've gotten to the point now, luckily, where it's like some rabbits are just uncatchable. I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that some hairs oh, are, yeah. you just right. cannot catch them. Right. I mean, I've seen six dogs on one rabbit they well, have six dogs tend to just make them make them more uncatchable uh, really because the dogs run into each other they get in their way running six dogs is not sporting 
It's not good for your dogs. You're going to have your dogs running into each other, T-boning, you know, and you have a young dog that's not real sure of himself yet, and he gets mm. T-boned. That's it. He's mm-hmm. done. He won't run again, and you've lost your dog. Wow. You know, I mean, he's just really hurting. I hate, I will not run six dogs. The most dogs I'll ever run is four. Oh, four, yeah. But I like to run two or three. Mm-hmm. And I think two is the fairest for the jackrabbit. I agree. You I've had two I've had... good dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you usually get beat. But yeah. that is the fairest. I, I've had gr- great success with my two black dogs. Yes. My Bohannon dogs. I've, mm-hmm. I've killed plenty of rabbits. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, well over three quarters of them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've turned out on eight and I've caught seven this year with just those two. And Strider. But I mean... Yeah. Come on, seven-month-old yeah. strider's not doing right. anything. Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, and last year I had a tremendous success rate with my two Bohannon dogs. They they did great. I mean, they're they made everything. And I agree with you. I, I, I the big pack running is what we've been doing this year because we can't find a rabbit, so we just sure. we just put them all out to mm-hmm. to find one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I agree with you. I like three, sometimes yeah. four. Yeah. Sometimes four, especially if you have a pup in there that needs to. Yeah, be and if you have a lot of dogs to run for, is but I like I won't. I'm getting so I hate to run four dogs now. I like that though. Yeah, no, three. I, you know, it's I all about that. being fair to the jackrabbit. I totally It agree. really is. I agree. It has totally to be a sport. You have to give the jackrabbit the same opportunity you give your dogs to evaluate your dogs and see how they're doing. Uh, you're right. And in mm-hmm. a huge pack, there's just too much going on to there's, see. Yeah, they're running in the and out. Help. And, yeah. <laughs> the pictures help. <laughs> yeah. You know. And you do probably catch catch more rabbits with six if you don't hurt them. Mm-hmm. But they tend to get in the way of each other. They collided yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Hound Doggers, if there is one thing that you could identify Houndsman XP with, it has got to be the message of building unity and bridging the gap. That's why we are proud to sponsor with a company like Dogs Are Treed. Dogs Are Treed is a company that is based in Incom, Idaho. It's run by houndsmen. The products were designed by houndsmen. We're talking decades of experience in the field with some legendary hounds doing some legendary work out there. And Kevin Hall has put his decades of experience into building products that benefit you the houndsman so when you're shopping for your gear check out dogs are treat at dogsartreat.com and if you go to their website at checkout and enter the code hxp 20 percent off you will get 20 percent off of your entire order on all of their branded products Leashes, tie-outs, medical kits, paws are protected. Build your pack from the ground up and support a fellow houndsman that supports your lifestyle. Enter the code HXP20% off at checkout. Go to their website today at dogsartree.com. You, you love hares? You think they're awesome? Oh, yeah. Me too. Really, really. They're mighty. The mighty hare. Yes. I've had great respect for the hare for... 45, 50 years, it started out that way. Could you still remember that first moment when you saw a hare really run and you were just like, Oh, yeah. I remember that was in Merced, California. And I was living there. And, um, well, actually, you know, I went to my first Nafka hunt and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, it was just so neat. And then I got the two Saluki puppies and I started taking them out and, and, you know, that... 
they never caught anything. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, you know, I remember certain things. I remember the first time that they caught a rabbit, and I called up Myrna, and she goes, "Bear just caught a rabbit." Just caught it. <laughs> she goes, "Oh, how nice! How nice!" How you know? nice. Yeah, I remember my dogs first caught their first rabbit. Yeah. I called Dean, yeah. and I was literally jumping, <laughs> jumping up in the air. I was like, "I caught one!" I caught one. Right. And I remember Dean goes, "Those dogs could catch a rabbit in New Mexico. They could catch a rabbit in Texas. They could catch a rabbit on the surface of the moon." Yeah. <laughs> he said, "He's like, yeah. you're gonna love those dogs." And right. oh my god. Yeah. And so. Here's one thing I really wanted to ask you. When you started coursing, were there a lot of women coursing? Because I, I, yes. you're the only hardcore yes. hounds woman. I've oh yeah, ever there met. were a lot of women coursing. There were a lot. You know, there the, there was Jane Bowman, Sally Bill, um, just a lot. You know. Do you, Do you think it's a male-dominated sport still, or is, or it never was, or what do you never think? was, and I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh -uh. There's awesome. still a lot of women coursing. That's awesome. In Nafka, I mean, not so much out here. It's different. There's, it's male dominated. In the West, yeah, yeah, or, or at least in the long dogs. Like, yeah, scene. yeah, it's a different, different personality. Yeah, a person who likes the long dog, <clears throat> and a, a person who you know has registered Salukis or Greyhounds or yeah. Whippets or whatever. They're out there to watch their dog run and have their dog enjoy what they're doing. Mm. It's their dog enjoyment. Long dog people are out there to kill the rabbit. You know, that's what they're out there for. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're out there to get enjoyment themselves rather than having their pet get enjoyment. I, uh, I, Completely different looking, uh, you know, looking at things. Yeah, I, I guess obviously this is a incredible generalization because uh -huh. I mean look look at me I'm I'm both yeah because I love my dogs like they're my pets right but also I love catching a rabbit yeah you know what I mean right. so but, but I I agree with you I do uh -huh. and, and I always different. I thought that I've always thought that with hound hunting in general if we want to keep it going into the future we need to rebrand ourselves in a way that I think Nafka really does capture well and it's about Look how much fun your dog is having. Mm -hmm. This is what they're born to do. This is what they right. want to do. Mm -hmm. It's not like every dog wants to do it, honestly. Right. It doesn't matter if it's a bulldog, a pug, or a greyhound. Yeah. If they see a rabbit, they want to chase it. And, right. and 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 the best way I've shown people that don't even don't even like have any inkling of ever hunting a dog, the the I always have those people even even like animal rights people, like no joke, the people I work with, they're like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And and they're like, I never thought the dog, we thought, you know, you like train the dogs. To right. They, uh, people ask me so much, how, how do you train your dog? And it's like, dude, you just show them a rabbit. You give them the opportunity. Yeah. That's what you do. To learn. You put it. them in the right situation, in the right opportunity, and they do it. And yeah. you try to, you know, set up things so that they're very successful yeah. by, you know, not necessarily running caged rabbits or anything like that, but putting them in the field for their successful. Yeah, and I yeah. agree. I mean, yeah. I just think it's a... It, so do you think coursing is on the rise, on the decline, or in stasis since you started? Well, oh, it's very much on the decline, organized mm -hmm. coursing. Nafka is on the decline, I think. Why is that? I don't that? know. Do I know? hate to say that to the Nafka people. <clears throat> There's less people. When I... Um, okay, I started out, you know, and I was just a member of Nafka, and then I became more active in the politics of Nafka. I became the ASA huntmaster and put on all the um, Saluki breed hunts for the um, 
Salukis, and I had three fields, three fields of 15 dogs running at the hunts for years. Yeah, I had to find three areas for them to find, and then we'd all have to meet and get together and have a cup runoff. It was usually a cup hunt. And so, you know, that was 45 dogs, 45 Salukis that you had to find (laughs) rabbits for. And running in packs of three? Yep. Oh my. Yeah, God. and then they had finals and stuff. You could never do that here. No, you could never do it in in California. Now I was ASA huntmaster and I was the field finder, and that was more a harder job than being huntmaster, because I had to find the fields for the whole club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all those fields that Northgate is now running in in California were our fields that I found, and they they're still using them but they're getting to be smaller and smaller right. there's more um trees pistachio trees being you know put in put in yeah. pretty soon they're going to be out of business and that's mm-hmm. why i left california was i could see the fields getting you know eaten up by population yeah. and so i thought well i'm going to move to new mexico where i could you know run rabbits until i die and that's <laughs> what i'm doing Man, and you know what's so funny is new mexico even new mexico there, we used to have so much more grassland here, but mm-hmm. it, climate change, I mean, that's yeah. climate change. Oh, yeah, the whole terrain is changing. The, uh, Fifteen years since I've lived here, I mean, I see a big difference. You know, around Socorro, where you run, yes. I when the first time I stepped in those fields, the grass was up to my knees. You couldn't hardly run rabbits in it. Now it's lucky if it's up to my ankles. Cactuses, overgrown yes. shrubs, yep. and, and so climate change as well as poor grazing practices, overgrazing, coupled with drought, mm-hmm. which we because climate change has yeah. caused the rains to become um, more more infrequent. But mm-hmm. when they rain, it's very hard, mm-hmm. and so less rain, harder intensity favor shrubs and mm-hmm. doesn't favor grass. Yes, coupled with poor grazing practices mm-hmm. and increased surface temperature. The grass is dying across New Mexico. Right. And I mean, this is like literally what I do. You know what I mean? We have all this data to back it all yeah. up. And as you, we've seen. Yeah. And so I think even I am going to struggle to stay in New Mexico. I'll probably have uh-huh. to go north if I want to stay in the coursing or east. And and some of the eastern grazing out here I've seen is just apocalyptic. Yeah. And I don't even know how rabbit can survive Right. But, right. I mean, that's just, that's neither here nor there. I, I feel... I'm very nervous for the future of coursing. I am. Oh, yeah. I've always been. That was because I, why I became a field finder, because I was always afraid that we were going to have fields to course yeah. in. And so I would go out and find fields so that we would have, uh, you know, coursing meets that I could run my dogs in. Yeah. That's why I became a field finder. And so um, I did that for like 15 years or 20 years. I don't know, a long time. And, um, you know, I... I I got successful at it, um, getting permission, you know, of course. You could find the field. You have to find the field. Then you have to go in the field and find out if there's rabbits. Mm. And then you have to approach the rancher. So you're in their field, you know, and they come up to you and go, what the hell are you doing here? You know, and I'm going, well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for rabbits. Yeah, Mr. Hunt told me I could come in here. And they go, I'm Mr. Hunt. (laughs) I go, oh, Mr. Hunt. Hi. I've been wanting to talk to you, you know. I've done that, and it's turned out great. And I've done that, and it's turned out not so great. It turned out good for me. I got permission to hunt in the field. But you can't just, you know, oh, man, that's a good-looking field. I'm going to get permission to hunt there. And you get, you know, you bring a club there and, you know, oh, we got permission to hunt in the field. And you go in there and there's no jackrabbits, yeah. you know. So you have to, you know, 
guarantee that there's jackrabbits before you bring a group of people in there. When I first started coursing and I was finding fields, I got really obsessed with looking for fields. Yeah. And it's just part of it. And to the listeners, what blew me away for coursing is how much land you need. Mm -hmm. I thought that a good like 100 acres grass field would be enough. 80 acres, yeah. No. You need minimum two miles by three Uh miles Uh to make it work. Right. Open prairie, brush country. No, no, no. no. Less than 15% brush cover. And because three miles, that gives you enough to get in the middle and still have a mile to the brush. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, and when these dogs are running a minute, 40 second mile, you're just like, well, in a Okay, if you have an organized hunt that you're putting on, you need a minimum of eight rabbits to finish the prelim. And you need three more. So you need a minimum of 13, yeah, 11, 12 rabbits to finish a hunt. Where in New Mexico can you find <laughs> those fields? I, yes. Yes, yeah, organized coursing is very hard. You know, I, I helped organize um, TCC, the Coursing Conservancy. We uh, hunted out here in New Mexico. And man, we would, you know, like try to. Not make our yeah yeah not make our hunts very big so yeah. that we can finish how, yeah how yeah can we, yeah so so the another thing when I ta- I love taking people that have never hound hunted out I love it I, so I love do I to see so people see the dogs see I love it anybody who wants to go coursing I take them out me too that's why I don't want a lot of people to know that <laughs> I'm coursing a lot because yeah. they'll call me up and say can I go coursing and of course I'll say yes yeah yeah always yeah. and especially new I new won't. Yeah, new people. New people. Oh, I love yeah. to see their excitement. I like even taking non-hunters, people uh-huh. that have never hunted in their life, mm-hmm. because everybody loves dogs. Yes, you know, and when and I'm I have a knack for hyping up how cool they are. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. And, and that's so, the enthusiasm is really refreshing. Yeah. People could say I'm enthusiastic. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, <laughs> just a little bit. Did you see yeah. me jumping after they caught yeah. the rabbit today? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so. Uh, the first thing that most people are amazed by is how hard it is to find a jackrabbit. Yes. And when mm-hmm. I first started hunting with Justin, he's like, oh, we're going to drive like an hour before we see one. And I was like, dude, it's a rabbit. Yeah, there, there's no. a rabbit under every little bush. Right. No, right. there is not. No, there's not. And if there is, you don't see them. Right. And if them. there is, you're right by the freeway or yes. by houses or a multiple of things that you can't run. You have to find a safe area yes. to run, which is a very hard to do sometimes. Yes. Fences, sometimes. you know, yeah, if the fences. pastures are too small, fences. Yeah, ground, yes. too much cover. Um, the, you know, cactuses, a cacti, and yeah, a whole bunch goes into it. And I, when I first started, I thought that if it was an open area and there was rabbits, yeah. go hunt it. Right and now, I've learned holes, cactuses, yeah. rocks, right. gullies, and and it's kind of annoying in a way because like a coursing dog is an incredibly specialized weapon, mm-hmm. and so you need to make sure that that specialist can work in a special place. Right. And I, it took me a while to learn that. Right. They're not, you, yeah. they're not a, these trail hounds, these dry mm-hmm. ground mountain lion dogs or these dry ground coyote dogs, those dudes, because they, they're not running so fast, they right. can truck over awful places, yeah. awful Rocky places. Rocky areas, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and the joke is like, where do you find a dry ground mountain lion? In the worst place, uh-huh. like in the place that you don't ever want to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. but with a rabbit dog, I mean, if there's, if there's rocks the size of a tennis ball everywhere, they're going to shatter their legs. Yep. And so I learned the hard way, even gravel, 
that's like you know the size of like smaller than a ping pong ball mm-hmm. it'll destroy them right destroy them yep we're trying to breed a dog that it won't destroy <laughs> that's the dream yes but, but yeah. you, should, you know still have to be careful yeah of course yeah. and, and yeah. that's the thing i how much land you need and then also jackrabbits are hard to find yes There's, so have you ever used a finder dog yes i used to have a whippet that i used to run out in front of me well that was in the alfalfa field days okay and they work really well in an a alfalfa field because they work right in front of you <clears throat> i've never used a, a, another breed out here desert coursing mm-hmm. I don't know how it would work. I used a half bird, that half bird dog, and uh-huh. she was really good. Justin got a home with her a few times, uh-huh. and 100% it increased our odds of finding one uh-huh. because she's not just walking around. Mm-hmm. Bird dogs, I mean, you know, they're how they, smelling, oh sure, my God. Yeah. and they never run out of steam. Right, like they can hunt all day, and they just quarter, quarter, mm-hmm. quarter, quarter. Yep. She never pointed. She's half pit bull. She would just flush him. But uh-huh. it's so nice to just, like, you'd see that tail start really... You get ready. Out, and we're already pulling, and the dogs were already screaming in the boxes they knew, and then yeah. here he comes, and they take right. off after him. Yeah. And it was cool when I was on foot. I, I agree with you. There is something about walking that is magical. Mm-hmm. It's it's just relaxing, and it's almost spiritual, almost. Yes. To be on foot with your dogs. Right. And, and just Watching your the, dog, you know, if they're loose, you know, yeah. moving in the field, you know, trying wind, to evaluate your like, dog, how they look, you know, mm-hmm. and... and um, yeah, it is magical. When you're yeah. walking in like the, the grasshoppers and you feel the wind in your face yeah. and the grass crunching under your feet. Mm-hmm. And, and the rig, I, I think a horse would be cool, mm-hmm. but then you're dealing with a horse. Right, you have and another animal to deal with. I don't want to do that. No. My rig is out there, quiet, yeah. or, you know, it's out there quietly <laughs> waiting. But, but the, I like dune buggy coursing, you know, because of my age, I'm going to be 75 next year and I just can't walk as much as I used yeah. to. Yeah. And, um, you know, dune bug coursing, you know, you could keep doing it. David's 80, and he's still doing yep. it. Yep. So, um, well, that, it's, and it's just awesome to watch your dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to see how they actually Yeah, and dune running. bug coursing is a lot safer than just walking in the field because you're, you're chasing your dogs. You have your dogs in sight. You see where they are. You could pick them up right away if they're you know, overexhausted, you could wet them down, give them water right away. They're not having to trot back to you and jump another three rabbits. Oh, yeah. So you're there, right there with them. You could get them, you know, and like I said, water them and walk them around and they don't get lost. And um, you see so much more of the course. I am amazed, you know, judging enough get all you see is maybe one half the course, a quarter of the course. Sometimes you see the whole course. But what happens in that last half is amazing, you know. Putting the rabbit into position. Yes, and, and you know, who, who won the course up front, up where you could see it, not is the not the same dog that really won the course. Yes. Which I, I was just flabbergasted about what happened and of course you know my whole perspective has changed yeah by doom bug coursing and um it's fun it's so fun yeah you don't you know kill it's like yourself. a roller coaster yeah and you're watching the dog yeah and you're zooming along the desert you know it's chasing so your fun. dogs and it's so fun and you're right there when when they lose it or whatever happens you're there i introduced mr domsky to dune buggy coursing yeah and um 
I call it rig hunting, but whatever, yeah. you know. And and that's the first thing he noticed that he loved about it was that you're there to pick them up. Yeah. After they ran a 1.8 mile rabbit, mm-hmm. three minutes 37 seconds. They mm-hmm. were, I mean, they're just beat after yeah. a rabbit like that. And we're right there. Right. And I had we dogs sh- go down. Yeah. And I'm right there. Oh yeah. That, could that. have never made it back. I had yeah. one dog go down, and I don't think it could have made it back. We would have never found it because we didn't have a tracking collar on it. But I was there, and I picked it up, you know, and got it. Um, revived uh, yeah Dang. yeah it's much safer than just letting your dog loose on foot I agree and they don't of course the tracking collars help so much in keeping track of your dog so you run GPS collars yes you don't think that's too much weight on their neck or anything? I get the the real light ones mm-hmm. the mini collars okay and I use those I mean they were too I had the regular collars and I thought they were too much on them but I have real scrawny galgos they have a real thin neck you know my cross-up dogs could carry those heavy collars no problem and I don't think it interferes at all in their coursing they don't even know it's on you know at first they do but then they forget about yeah, it. Yeah, when they and, see a rabbit. Yeah. I mean, I've seen dogs with shattered toes forget about their toes pretty yeah. quick when <laughs> right. a rabbit comes up. You know? Right, right. So, and, and, and that's the thing, those tracking collars. A lot of our Sinhound folks, mm-hmm. that's their bread yeah. and butter. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know anything about them. I've never even touched one. And oh, not, really? Yeah, because, I mean, I have two dogs. Uh-huh. And so I've sunk, and I'm obsessed with coursing. So I've just sunk so much time and energy yeah sure and they are so good i mean i'm, I'm just gonna be honest like they mm-hmm. are so good like like when we ex- when we were yeah. hunting i just let them out right they're gonna stay close right they're not gonna be idiots and they're not gonna chase antelope and they're gonna stick around and when i say get in they're gonna jump in the box but i have three dogs yeah and i think i have sunk hours days weeks of training into them right and so they are i trust them 100 percent rock solid to come to me Mm-hmm. When I after a race, I get up on the rig, I whistle. If we have, to, if there's a fence or something, get up on the rig and whistle. They're on the way. My little bitch is packing them back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, and and again, I asked you. I saw a scoop bring the rabbit back. Yeah. And I asked you, how do you train a dog to do that? You can't train a okay. dog. It's yeah. a natural, natural instinct. If they do it, they're going to do it. If they're not, yeah. Not all dogs pack them back. Calypso, my female will, but mm-hmm. sometimes she won't. It's yeah. like sometimes she just doesn't want to pick them up. I don't right. know why. Yeah, I sometimes, you know, when I'm on feet and they don't bring a rabbit back, that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't catch it. That's what I learned. Yes. And so, like, I, a lot of times I'd be like, they got outrun, but then I'd see the hair all over their mouths. Right. And I was like, like, they must have caught Yeah. Them. And right. then, like, this was when I was still on foot before I had a rig. And, and because uh, Justin was the only one with a rig, and so I had to walk. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then I was like, wait a minute, they must be catching them. And so mm-hmm. then I would turn around and walk where I saw them come from, and then yeah. they'd get excited and go back yeah. to the rabbit. And I'd be like, oh, yes! yes. You know? yes. And so, yeah, and, and so uh, let me ask you something else. I'm gonna... i got to tell you something. I had a dog named Toke, a real big um, desert kind of looking ring-tailed dog. He was a really good coursing dog. Saluki? <laughs> a Saluki, yeah. yeah. And he would, I'd slip you know, like three dogs, and he'd go out there and course it and course it and get out of sight, and I couldn't see him. And then all the two dogs would come back, and then Toke would come back, kind of from a different direction. So I, oh, they didn't catch the rabbit, this happened, this happened, you know, and this happened like three times. And then I went back to my pickup, and we were going home, and I looked under my pickup, and there were three dead rabbits. Oh! <laughs> this happened like... Four or five times, he would catch the rabbit or get the rabbit, bring it back to my pickup, lay it 
all stretched out pretty Hiding. under my pickup and then come to me. And I I wouldn't know that they Whoa. caught the rabbit. That's awesome. Yeah, he was a quite an awesome dog. Sometimes when, when Pronto and the pack catch them, Pronto likes to hide them under the rig. Yeah. They're like, this is mine. Right. And like sneaking right. it up and hide it under the... Yeah. yeah. But he'll a... never pack them. Never. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll stand, when he catches them on foot and I'm watching his binoculars, he, he'll just breathe, catch his breath, uh -huh. hide it a couple times. Yeah. And here it comes. Right. And, and Clipso... And a lot of dogs are like that. Yeah. Clipso will like be like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Right. And, and sometimes she'll pick it up and carry it like halfway until she's tired and she just drops it and keeps uh -huh. coming. But that strider, he will not leave them. Yeah, the, the right. first time I walked and they caught for him in September first, actually, um, they caught the rabbit, and he's he guards him, man. He's me. He lays down right on him, yeah. and he won't let anyone near him. <laughs> He'll bow up and bare his teeth. Yeah, but um, they, he'll probably always pack it back to you. He will. Yes, because because yeah. he doesn't want to be. Well, what happened was we they left him, mm -hmm. and they were like he was like a mile over a mile away. Yeah, he was a little speck through my fifteen X binoculars. He starts crying and yeah. whining because he's yeah. alone, but he cannot leave that rabbit. Yeah, and so, so he'll pack it back. If I left him, he would have eventually just picked it up to come back. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Because he's totally obsessed with them. Yeah. I got a picture with when I was hunting with Mr. Domsky, and uh, he fell asleep on the rabbit. <laughs> like he just put his head on the rabbit in the rig. We put the rig, the rabbit yeah. in the rig, and, and he just he fell asleep on the ground and put his head over it. And anytime someone would come by, <laughs> you're right. He like opened his rabbit. His, yeah. yeah. He'd open his yeah. eyes. And, and yeah, most of my dogs bring back the rabbits. Some, some of them, the three dogs I run. Yeah, I love watching you. <clears throat> I do too. I, I do it. too. That they're so big. Uh -huh. That's another thing. Our Eastern listeners, I want them to. I wish they could see. A hare is like twenty inches long if you outstretched mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Like get his leg, and oh, he's probably what, good a good two feet yeah. long. Right. Their ears are probably what a foot long. Maybe mm -hmm. they're big. The the yeah they're eight pounds, ten pounds. Uh huh. That's what they weigh, about, that, about eight pounds, yeah, seven, that, eight, that big seven male, ten. That male we caught today was mm -hmm. probably like nine pounds. I mean, mm -hmm. his head was like a freaking orange. Right. That was a big rabbit. <laughs> that was. So, that was. Yeah. Well, well, we had fun today. Oh, my God. Fun. It's an understatement. <laughs> I've been trying to get you guys to come up here. It's yeah. so refreshing to uh -huh. have luck like that. Right. Because me and Justin have had the worst luck all year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just something happens. They got a... We had been, we had the dogs out looking for a rabbit, you know, no, it's just, it's awful. Anyway, um, it's good when it's good. Most of the rest of the time it sucks. Yeah. Um, most of the time it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The you, population. you go for the good times. That's, that's right. For your dogs. The population is always low there. It's just mm -hmm. such unfavorable habitat. It's, yes. it's like a, almost like a, like a desert island of, but, but anyway, yeah. anyway, Tobosa is terrible forage for everything. Uh -huh. Um, Justin's pup's got a rabbit up. They coursed him. It was, I mean, everything picture perfect. That was the second rabbit they ever seen. They had him right in front of them. Both of them hit a road, submerged in the grass, go down. Oh. By the time they come up, the rabbit's gone. Uh-huh. And the third rabbit, we, the first rabbit they got up, the pups didn't even know what was going on. They didn't even see it. Pronto just left with it, and they had no clue. They were just right. kind of like half-ass running next right. to the rig. Right. The third rabbit, uh, they were going, and then uh, Smokey tripped, down he goes, and then Sunshine like got hit with like a bush or something and just got disoriented, mm -hmm. and then Pronto leaves with it. Yeah. And then the fourth one, the, the rabbit was so powerful, it just left them all. Uh -huh. And so we just had bad luck after bad luck mm -hmm. after bad mm -hmm. luck. So to come here, get a rabbit up in like five minutes and have this like picture-perfect race right. was just like so cathartic. Yeah, I was glad it went that oh, way. It made my soul. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I wanted to thank you for having okay. us. 
and thank you for being on. Is there anything you'd like to say? Is Not there any really. final thoughts? No. Have uh, I scavenged your brain thoroughly? Yeah. <laughs> I no, love I to... just love coursing. I hope to do it until I'm 80. What can we do? I'm going to ask you, what mm-hmm. can we do to continue, perpetuate coursing? And then we'll wrap it up there. Well, the thing is, you know, it's becoming, the whole country is becoming more populated. And I think you really have to keep the pictures off of Facebook of dead totally rabbits. Agree. We used to, when you know, when I first got into course, we used to be horrified if, if we had a picture of a dead rabbit. Get out, you know. Um, and, you, you know, it's not about killing the rabbit. It's about letting your dog do what he's bred for. That's what it is. And you've got to really perpetuate that. You have to listen to the animal rights, listen to them. Um, the idea, this really bugs me. The idea that there is a pandemic going on in this country right now and organized coursing is still going on. It needed to be canceled at the beginning of the season, and it wasn't. And that will come to haunt organized coursing. That is not the right thing to do, even though you say you're following you know, the guidelines and doing this and doing that. That's a bunch of bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I mean, I mean hmm. we should have never had a season, or they should have never had a season. When, when you say listen to animal rights activists, I, I think that is an important distinction because I've always, I've always found the best way in life to move forward with a, with a good level head, at least trying my best. Mm-hmm. Of course, no one's perfect, but like, you need to at least hear what they're saying. I'll never agree with extremists on any angle. Right. You know what I mean? Like when I say extremist animal rights people, and I'm saying extremist unanimal rights, I'll never agree with people pit fighting dogs. You uh-huh. know what I mean? I'll never right. agree with like extreme people, like left, like like animal rights people. But mm-hmm. it's important to at least hear what they have to say so that we can arm ourselves properly to protect ourselves. Right. And that doesn't mean hiding. No. I don't like hiding. No. Because hiding is an admission of guilt, in my opinion. Right. I think. But you don't have to advertise what you're doing. I agree, and we mm-hmm. have talked about this on the show. Like, until my tongue oh, okay. is going to bleed. Good. Like, like, keeping the crappy videos off of the internet. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, a bunch of people smiling together holding a rabbit. That could be edgy to some, but to others, that's like, whatever. But to me, that's not as extreme as, like, you know, showing your dogs learning on, like, a caged rabbit. Or right. on a caged fox. Or a caged right. coon. Or a right. caged coyote. I, mm-hmm. A fox pin or something. Mm-hmm. That is an integral part of training young dogs. We all know that. But that doesn't mean we need to be showing it. Right. Because it's the middle of the road people that are our allies. The extremists will never be our friends. No. Never. No. And, but and you got to know what they're thinking of and what they're totally planning. Agree. Totally yeah, agree. And, and just, you know, how to arm yourself. and um, Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. And, and I, I could not agree Because more. that's what's going to do coursing in. That's what's going to do all hound hunting. Yeah. Is, is the people. Yeah. They're going to destroy the habitat. You know, they're going to come after you because you're killing rabbits and, you know, you're... Yeah. Horrible people doing that. That I mean, you just can't ignore them and, and say, you know, get out of my face no. and all that. You no. have to be you have to respectful. Be a leader. You have to be a yeah. leader. Yeah, you have to be very respectful and listen to what they're saying. And You may not agree with it. Right. I listen to people all the time. I don't even agree with my own wife 100% of the time. <laughs> right. I still listen to what she has to say. Right. <laughs> I think those are great words to live by. And yeah. I think that's exactly the kind of, of like wisdom that the hound hunting community in general needs to hear mm-hmm. and i'm not nobody's perfect but you have learned a lot more than i have and that's why i like talking to people like you 
Thank so, you. Thank you so much for being okay. on the show. I will see you again. Next week. Okay. <laughs> bye bye.